back, Sean. How are you? I'm doing good, Lenny. How you doing? Doing great. We're back for another season of the PGA Tour, starting out with the Fortinet Championship. Fortnite. Safeway Open. Yeah, Fortnite <laughs> Championship. Coming off a, uh, a season where we saw Patrick Cantlay kind of dominate the FedEx Cup playoff run. He uh, won the Tour Championship, even though he didn't have the lowest score at the course at East Lake, shared by John Rahm and Kevin Na. It's a shame to see Kevin Na not on the Ryder Cup team as someone as, you know, I was pulling for him very much. I wanted a Kevin Na appearance on the Ryder Cup team, and, I mean, he couldn't do much else more to uh, try to secure spot. So it's a, it's a shame we're not going to see him, but we do have him this week. Hopefully he comes out, can prove a point this week that Kevin Na deserves to be on the Ryder Cup team. I don't care what anyone says. But Sean, how are you doing? How what are you what are your thoughts on the new season here? Uh no, I'm excited for it, obviously. It's uh it's it feels weird that it's a new season. Normally like with sports there's like a break or it, it, there's we had really a week off. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um you know, it, it is it is nice though that it keeps keeps us uh keeps us thinking about golf obviously like you said Patrick Cantley did a great job with the last few few events and Will Zalatoris who was in our mouths a lot last season uh got a nice little bottle of wine to, to drink in Napa this weekend hopefully maybe if he win he'll win it this week and might bring him some good luck uh but it's gonna be a good season I think it's uh it's gonna be fun I'm gonna do a lot better than I did last year watch out for the one and done because I kicked both y'all asses so I think uh I think it might be a re- repeat of itself, but I also believe in karma. So I know me just saying that's going to come back to bite me <laughs> at some point. So, um, no, I, I, I'm excited to, to kind of get going with this, this tournament and kind of see how things work and, and honestly start from the beginning of the season. I know last year we didn't necessarily, I don't think we started this early. Um, maybe we, we did. did not. No. Um, speaking though, you mentioned the one and done. If anyone wants to join uh, the one and done league that we are in, you can DM us for details on our social media. Uh, out of the rough, WK. Uh, but getting into the 14 net championship, it's going to be at Silverado Country Club at the North Course. It's in Napa, California. As Sean mentioned Willie Z getting his bottle of wine with his Rookie of the Year award. It has only been at this course since 2014, so if you're looking at stats before then, trying to look at course history, you probably want to just look back to 2014. It's been played at a number of different courses under a bunch of different names, um, but you'll see a lot of Safeway Open stuff. Now we have the 14-net championship. Kind of a big variety of winners that we've had at this place Stuart sink last year the bomber cam champ the year before that and kevin tway brendan Steele won it twice and then emiliano grillo who i think this might have been his very first tournament on the pga tour he came out and won and we do have a lot of young rookies coming up that have gotten their new status on the pga tour through the corn Ferry championship so maybe we'll see another one this year but this is a Robert Trent Jones design. Johnny Miller redesigned it back in 2011. 
It's what I would call a shorter course. It's about 7,100 yards, 7,200 yards, depending on how they exactly want to set it up day to day. But it's a par 72 where, you know, we see a lot more of the par 72 courses looking around 74, 7,600 yards these days. This is going to be one of the shorter courses. It's going to be a little bit of a tighter course. We got some kind of undulating fairways, a little bit smaller greens than normal, but they're just slightly smaller nothing where i'm going to worry about it too much um i think it is going to be a bit of a an accuracy contest a little bit though we did see guys like Stuart sink and cam champ who are guys who can hit the ball far not necessarily the most accurate um though Stuart sinks driver last year was very good at the start of the year throughout the middle of the year and got him two wins on the tour I, for me, am looking at guys who are going to be fairly accurate and fairly long, just more of the kind of general ball striking stats that we have from week to week. Um, but Sean, what are, you, what are you thinking about the course? What are your thoughts, opinions? What do you got for us? I, I figured I would switch things up this year and, and, and actually have something on it. I know you already gave a coverage of it, but I, uh, I did some little bit of research. You could probably do the same thing as you're listening to us, too. Uh, 52 bunkers in the total of the course. 37 of those are greenside. Uh, so it's going to be interesting with those shorter, smaller greens, like you mentioned. Uh, there are some tight pin placements that they can really use the bunkers either behind the green or in front of it to make your shots a little tougher. So uh, if your pro shots are not so great, uh, it, it might might be a little tougher for you. Um, water is not in play on the front uh, unless you have a really bad top tee shot, which I'm very aware of how to do that. Uh, these guys get paid to do that very well, so they, they probably won't find the water on the front, but on the back, uh, there are some holes. I think it's five holes on the back, uh, two par threes that you have to go over water, and the, the bunkers are surrounding it. That's 11 and 15, so that would be some nice kind of like highlight holes if you're if you're watching or want to see some nice tee shots coming into that uh, and then number five and number nine are both the big par fives uh, part number five is kind of interesting I th- it might be a really tough hole because you have to shape the shot kind of twice or go over some trees some guys probably will cut the second shot and go over the trees but it starts off going the dog leg left or sorry dog leg right and then back to a dog leg left of the green so you kind of have to like i said do both shots and then number nine, you're gonna. It, it's a, a pretty far drive, and then you have a fairly, for most of these guys, probably a fairly far second shot to get into it. So, to kind of get some low scores on those might be a little interesting or difficult. But those might be the highlighted ones you might want to watch or tune into if they're gonna play those, just to see how they manage the course when we come up to those two ourselves. Um, I, yeah, I, I was going to say, though, the, the par fives, though, I will agree, I think will be important because scoring will be relatively low. Right? Guys will be going low. I think being able to hit on some guys who are going to give themselves eagle chances. I mean, obviously, hitting eagles is much better than hitting a birdie or a par. But I think king and on some of those guys might be good this week. You think an eagle is better than a birdie or par? You're smart, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never claim to be stupid. It's good. <laughs> no, but that, that's but, uh, that's all that's all I had for the course. Other than whoever is watching it should be walking around with a bottle of wine because you are in wine country. So um, yeah, nice. I'm sure there'll be. Well, like, 
since we don't have the discussion of who makes the Ryder Cup, um, maybe it'll be we'll hear about 15 references to different bottles of wines and different things like that this week. It'll be the the talk of the tournament. But I think uh, I think not only that, but I think the big thing that I've already seen for some of this stuff is just the talks around just speaking Ryder Cup is Brooks Kepka. And uh, if he's if his injury is not announced or uh, if he has one that's going to take him out or if they say that he is playing, like whatever that decision is, if it's not decided by this tournament, I think you're going to hear a lot of that on, on TV too. Because like you said, you know, Kevin yeah. Na, Patrick Reed and some other guys, they, they might be that second up or, or I guess runner up in that case. Um, so they do have, I guess, a little bit more to, to play for Billy than some Horschel? other guys. Billy. Shut yeah. up. Billy Horschel getting the win last week over on the European Tour. Throwing the yeah. hammers up. Still carrying around his hammer bag. Um, <laughs> he went to dinner with Declan him. Rice afterwards, too, I think. Yeah, Mark Noble there to cheer him on. Um, but, yeah, Billy Horschel could be a – I don't think Billy's getting called up, unfortunately. Him and Kevin, I think, would be fun to see. Both kind of similar games a little bit, similar – I don't know, styles of golf where you know, they're great around the greens and not necessarily a good fit for the course at Whistling Straits. But I think they could be guys that could they could rattle you when you're playing with them. Anyways, we'll get into the 14-net championship this week. We, uh, I don't want to say we have some interesting pricing. I think it's uh, fair pricing. John Rahm, over $12,000. I think it's the first time I've seen anyone price this high that isn't like the Tour Championship. He's 1100 more than Hideki at 11. And I will say, I think it is fully deserved to John Rahm to be that high. We also have Webb Simpson at 10.8, Will Zalatoris at 10.5, and our man Kevin Knott at 10,000. Short list up here at the top, Sean. Who are you looking at? I'm actually looking at Kevin Na. Um, I, I, I do think, uh, I, I, I think not only is the, if there is a chance for him to possibly go through as the, into the Ryder Cup as somebody for the replacement if Brooks is hurt, uh, I do think that there's a little chip on his shoulder to kind of show everybody that he should be there. I, I do think that you could obviously make a claim for Kevin Kisner, you can make a claim for Patrick Reed, like you said, a bunch of other people. But I do think Kevin I has had a pretty, a pretty good year for his career-wise, and it's always fun to see him walking in some putts when he can. I do think that the field is pretty. Obviously, John Rahm is the favorite. Why wouldn't he be? Uh, you're you're not the smartest in the bunch if you think he's someone else is going to win out of this group just looking at it off the top, or at least has a better chance of winning. Um, but I think Kevin Na has a big chip on his shoulder, and at ten thousand price, you're saving a few off the top if you're looking at it in that sense. So, for me, Kevin Na is my guy at ten thousand. I just think he's gonna come out shooting lights out, and hopefully, maybe there's a is there a prop bet on how many putts he walks in? That might be interesting. <laughs> we we should try to get that set up. But I will yeah. say. I mean, if you're looking at this list outside of John Rahm, Kevin Na is probably playing the best golf out of anyone here, playing some of the best golf out of anyone on the Ryder Cup team outside Patrick Cantlay, obviously, coming off the two victories. I mean, 
Kevin Na, second, tied for second, John Deere, T23 at the WGC, which is worst finish in the last, it's at six, but Kazuni's gone T2, T8, T17 in the third, and that third at the Tour Championship was tied with Kev, or with John Rahm for having the lowest score in the tournament. Like, he's playing some of the best golf out of anyone. Four top tens in the last six, all within the top 23. I do like Kevin Na this week. Good guy I'm kind of looking at, though, outside of the obvious John Rahm, who I think you should play if you can get him into lineups. I think you should play Rahm. Like, he's obviously the best golfer in the world right now. The last, what, we're going on three months now, and he's been playing unbelievably. I also kind of like the narrative, how you're talking about Kevin Na has a chip on his shoulder. He wants to go out and prove something. I think John Rahm is kind of using this to gear up for the Ryder Cup obviously that we have coming in a couple weeks here, two weeks, that he's going out there trying to actually kind of set a number, just go as low as he can, just really gear himself up for the Ryder Cup, which is almost like another major to some of these guys. And I think it will be for Ron. So I really think, you know, he's not just someone who's out here just going to be playing around a golf, just collecting his paycheck, trying to get a couple FedEx Cup points. I think he's going to really come out here, play well. So I think Rom is someone you should own. However, after all that, my guy, I'm kind of looking at his Webb Simpson at 10-8. Hideki worries me a little bit. You know, as we know, Hideki, great ball striker, who I think fits the course, but just the putting around the green for someone at 11K is worrisome. Will Zalatoris, we haven't seen him golf in – over a month, it's been well, five or six weeks. And when we did, he was hurt, not playing well. And Webb is just someone who's been playing decent golf. And his approach game has been very good the last three tournaments. I think it's like eight out of the last 10 he's gained on his approach. He's got four out of his last five events have been in the top 20. He's playing in some big tournaments like the Open, the WGC events, some of the Tour Championship events. He just has a very solid all-around game, very accurate off the tee, good solid iron game. I think he's someone who can compete, and you know you're saving 1.3k off of John Rahm. If you're not willing to buy up to Rahm, I think Webb Simpson's a great place to start out at. Moving on, we'll go into our 9k range. A little bit more here. We got Cam Tringali at 9.7, Mark Leishman 9.5, Siwoo Kim 9.3. Sebi Munoz 9-2 and HV391, also Cam Champ at 9,000, former winner here. Sean, who you like? I am going with Siwoo Kim here. Uh, he is listed at 9-3, so kind of towards the, the, the bottom of the barrel of this bucket, um, but I don't think it's a bad choice at all. I think he's been playing some pretty decent golf this last season. Obviously, he had the win under his belt. I think it was quite earlier in the season back in January, but still a win is a win. So we'll take that and run with it. And then I think he, there was a – wasn't there one back uh, – yeah, the Wyndham Championship. He took a tied for second. I thought he was in a playoff maybe. Um, no. Was it? Couldn't have been a playoff. Mm, he was tied for second. No. Correct. But, yeah. <laughs> We're we're getting there, folks. Um, but either way, um, I do think the Siwoo is kind of geared up to to play in sort of sort of these events. He he kind of comes around and and plays in 
I wouldn't say the lower tier events that he plays well in, but uh, his name kind of sneaks around the leaderboard a little bit more uh, around these times. So Siwoo Kim at 9-3 is who I'm going to be picking in that range. Yeah, I don't mind Siwoo. He's a very volatile guy who can be a very good pick. Um, but yeah, T2 at the Wyndham, iron play was great. And then it's kind of come down a down little bit. A little bit. For me, I am going with the guy at 9-2, Sebastian Munoz, who, like I said, I think it's going to be a bit of the ball striking, being accurate off the tee and on approach. He has gained five straight off the approach, nine out of 11 off the tee, right? Very good off the tee and on approach. If he can just kind of make some putts this week, I think he has a really good chance. Um, But I, I don't know. It's kind of a a name I just like better. I play him more than a lot of these guys, so I think I'm a little bit biased looking at Sebastian Munoz here at 9-2, but, I mean, Cam Tringali at 9-7, I don't see myself ever kind of spending up to that when I can get even a Mark Leishman at 9-5, Sibu Kim 9-3, Munoz 9-2, even Harold Varner, someone who's been playing great golf and has a really good course history here. I think he's got like three top 20s in a row. At the Safeway and Fortinet, um, I think I like all of those guys a bit more. But for me, I'm kind of just sticking my guns with Sebastian Munoz at 9-2. We will move on to the 8K range, Sean. Pretty big list of names. I won't list them all off here. Who you got? The biggest one on the list. Um, and the biggest one? I think Mav McNeely is the biggest name. Can't count the letters. You're wrong. Until it happens again, you're talking to the guy who won the PGA champ. Okay. All right. So that's what I'm going to take because the confidence is still riding high in that man. I don't think that there's ever a bad week to take this guy because there's always a chance that he finishes top five, top ten, maybe even first. Uh, But Phil Mickelson, if you didn't catch on to who I was talking about, that's what I'm talking about. Um, I think uh, him being at 8-1, this week is, is pretty fairly priced for, for Phil. I, I hate to say it, to say that he's down towards mid-range or lower, but that's where we've, we've seen him last year, and I think we're going to start to continue to see him towards that range as, as some of these guys continue to get that gap between him. But he still hits bombs. He still has calves, and he still has Twitter jokes like crazy. So there's all these things that you need to focus on when you're, when you're thinking about who you want to pick in your lineup. And I think that all comes to play in terms of that. So for that price value and that package, 8-1 sounds a lot better than all these other guys. So Phil Mickelson, I'm going to swim going with. Uh, Phil Mickelson, the strokes gain, PTC player of the week this week as well for me. Uh, when you just think of Napa Valley, think of that aging like fine wine, no one better than Phil Mickelson, also California guy, loves this tournament. Plays in it a lot. I think he's a, a decent pick for our PTC of the week. For me, though, it's kind of just the, the usual here. Meadle Prairie at 8,000. How do I not pick this guy? I mean, unbelievable golfer. He was bad at the window. I know he missed the cut. He was someone who I was playing there. I was a little worried about his fatigue, playing in six straight, going into the window after traveling all over the world. I'm going to excuse that. He burnt me there, but it's one of those that 
he's just such a good ball striker. So solid off the tee. Good with his irons. He won three times on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. We saw him rack up, what was it, like five or six top 10, top 20 finishes once he got to the PGA Tour. Just an unbelievable golfer. I think at his skill level, from what we saw, how well he can play, he's better than all of these guys in the 8K range. Maybe except for like Emiliano Grillo, Charlie Hoffman, Max Homa. Guys, you know, Homa won on tour last year. Hoffman racked up a ton of top 20, top 25 finishes. And Grio, who has won here before, don't think he's won since. However, he has won on tour. But just looking at the quality of how these guys have played over the past year, I think Pereira is probably the best golfer in this bunch. The name maybe not pe- people might not know as well coming off the Corn Ferry Tour. However, at 8K, I feel like that's just a bargain for Mito. So I'm going to be playing him a lot. We will move into the 7K range now. There is a big list of names here. And before we kind of get into it, I'm just going to say, when I look at this list of names, the difference between our highest price guy, like Gim, Perez, Sloan, Adwin, those guys up there at the top, and you look at almost some of the guys in the six carriage, I don't think you're going to get much of a difference. So even though we are going to pick some guys, if there's someone that you kind of like, you think their ownership's going to be low, you think is a good play down here, play them. There, there isn't much of a quality and a difference in the quality of some of these guys' game down here that I think you can play a few guys in here when you want to try to go with your ROM and whoever combo up top. But anyway, Sean, who are you, you going to pick in our 7K range? I'm going with Adam Hadwin. Uh, he is listed at 7,800, so against the trend of what I've been doing, but he's towards the higher top of the barrel of my picks. Uh, but I do think uh, Adam is, is somebody I don't really have a huge history on him myself personally, uh, but just looking at some of the golf and the guys that are around him, I think he is somebody that has been playing pretty decently given the, the tournaments that he's been playing in. If you look at the last four tournaments, the 3M, the Barracuda, the Wyndham, and the Northern Trust, he was in the top 10 of two of those. The other two, he did happen to get cut. So, I mean, if you do pick him on the week that he's going to take the top 10 based off of those two, you got a 50% chance. Uh, so, <laughs> it's it, to me, those are good odds. And I think that, that he has also like kind of shown up in uh, earlier in the Honda Classic and the Charles Schwab Classic, where he also had to uh, uh, make up the other two of his four top 10s that he had last year. So, uh, it, he's not unfamiliar to that area. And I do think that there's a a little bit behind that. So Adam and I are looking towards uh, furthering our relationship this season and getting to know each other a little bit better. And this is just the first step. So um, I'm taking Adam Hadwin at 7-8. Yeah, he's a bit of a boomer bust guy. Can get very hot with the putter and put the lights out. Can lose it a bit with the irons. However, for me, I'm going with another Adam, Adam Svensson been a couple years since we've seen him on the PGA Tour. He's at 7-2. He's a guy who has really been a very good ball striker. Um, Not necessarily long off the tee, but very accurate off the tee. Coming off two wins on the Corn Ferry Tour, one of them being during that championship round in the last three events. So he's been playing some solid golf lately. 
he's been a terrible putter last time we've seen him on the PGA Tour. There's no other way to put it. Like, it's been brutal. Um, kind of like in the Miliano Carrillo or Hideki sense where you can see these guys just lose a ton of strokes on the green. However, Adam has improved, had a decent season on the Corn Ferry Tour with the putter. Um, looks like he might might have it somewhat back a little bit. I mean, finished 36 in putting average. So, like, uh, it's not the PJ Tour. It's Corn Ferry, I know. However, it's progress, so I like to see that. And I think it's kind of a little bit of a guy we haven't seen in a while. It's a name that a lot of people don't know. And looking at some of these guys at 7-2 and just kind of knowing their game, knowing kind of the faults. I'm going to take Adam Svensson. Give me the guy that, you know, I I don't know as much about his weaknesses yet and let him burn me a couple of times and then I'll learn. But I think just going with some of the some of the unknown guys, having fun with some guys here. But I do think Svensson is a very good ball striker and does have a chance to play well here. Taking the we'll move in. <laughs> yeah, doubling up on the Adams in the 7K range. Uh, I don't think we're going to do that again in the 6K range here. A lot of a lot of new guys, a lot of rookies, a lot of old guys. Uh, it's you're kind of really shooting some fish in the barrel down here. A lot of names that you know people will know, but it it could be some tough picking here. There's a lot of guys down here, Sean. Masters winner Danny Willett at six nine in here. Um, I saw Duffner. Where's Duffner at? Another major winner down here somewhere. I can't find him at the moment, but we got some somewhat big names. Who are you going with? You know, I was over here thinking about how I was going to introduce the guy that I was going to pick this week, and I was like, ah, oh, sweet, he might not say anything about this range because there's a lot of people and I was introducing. And, of course, you say one of the guys that I was going to say. And I said I was going to lead off by saying I could pick this guy in at least two tournaments this year because he has won the Masters at one point, and that's Danny <laughs> Willett. So, uh, you know, off to a firing start this week with our chemistry of picking the guys that necessarily we have maybe prepared intros for, but that's whatever. That's here and there. But he's at 6'9", I think, uh, to be honest with you, anytime you can find a previous Masters champ in the in the bucket down here is a pretty good one. Um, and I, that's really the only reason why I'm picking him. So um, I'm going to go with Danny Will at 6'9", for this range. Sorry to sorry to ruin the steam there. Also, no, I have it's okay. way down here at 6'6", six, six, previous winner here. Um, who, who are you taking? Yeah. Just real quick, so I can do like a little thing on them. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Hayden Buckley at six. Oh yeah, so right there at the the top of the price range again. I was just um, gonna say that same thing for you, but no, you're good. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Hay- Hayden Buckley, future major winner. Uh, he's another guy, good ball striker, very long and accurate off the tee. Has one of the best iron games on the Corn Ferry Tour. One of the kind of younger up-and-coming guys that we'll be seeing a bit more this season on the PGA Tour. You know, it's like I said, I'm taking a lot of the ball strikers this week. And I'm just going to just eat it with some of the bad putting and, you know, kind of hope a little bit some of these guys pop off. We see some good putting this week. Uh, But Hayden Buckley, just give me the ball striking. It plays on just about every course in the world. I'm going to run with it. 
So I'm going with him at six eight. Any any other guys you want to just go back through talk about Sean before we close out this segment? Is John Rom playing in this tournament? I don't feel like we said anything about him. John Rom is playing in this tournament. He's at twelve thousand one hundred at the top of the board. Coming in yeah. at an outright number of plus three fifty, if you want to dare to bet on that. Um, good luck. I am someone who bets on Rom. Probably ninety nine out of a hundred tournaments he's played in. I don't know if I can take him at a plus three fifty number this week. Like I bet on Rom at plus eight hundred, plus nine hundred, even the plus seven hundreds when I've seen it. Plus three fifty though. Sean, could you eat that number? Could you be willing to to put a bet on him? Um, no. No? Just too low. To... But... I think you should put a bet on him to be in the top 40, though. Yeah, top 40. I'm going to need to put half a million on it just to make, like, I don't know, a grand if that. Um... <laughs> But kind of speaking of this, we're going to talk about some outright bets that Sean and I are looking at placing this week that we'll be playing. Um, kind of something we want to add a little bit more here. We'll try to focus on maybe a lower price guy, a mid-range guy, and one of the higher price guys that we're looking at, and then a couple prop bets. Sean, I guess I'll let you have the honors. Let oh, you be first you, off the tee. What are you looking at? Why do you do this to me? I don't know why. You, you know, you think that it's a nice thing, but instead it's not. So. I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Oh, Since okay. Sean is going to complain here, guys, I apologize for, for his attitude. <laughs> but for me... I'm actually going to take Kevin Na here uh, at, at uh, plus 1,600. Um, I, think I, I think I'm going to ride him out as like one of the top tier guys. I know I said him already from, the, from my lineup choice. Um, but I do think I'm going to take Kevin now. I think the, the plus 1,600 number is kind of an interesting one with everything, like I said earlier, with the chip on the shoulder and the fact that you agree with me on that one. I don't think it's scary that we agree. I think it's a good thing that we agree. Yeah. So I, I think uh, I think Kevin at 1,600 is the top guy for me. I'll let you go through and do yours. I just wanted to let everybody know I was prepared. So go for it. I, uh, for me, I'm kind of staying away from this bottom range. Like I had mentioned maybe Webb. I might see myself betting on Webb and Kevin Na, but for me, I'm going to kind of stay out of it. I do like the Charlie Hoffman and Hoffman and Sebastian Munoz. Hoffman's at plus 3,500, Munoz at plus 45. I do like those guys, so I probably will start my lineup, my betting card around them. And then kind of more of another higher price guy, obviously, Mito Pereira. At plus 5,000 right now. Just looking at some of the guys who are priced around him. uh, Like I said, he's better than these guys. And I think you just get a ton of value right there around him. Just betting him against Griot, Siwoo Kim, Mav McNeely, Pat Perez, Taylor Gooch, uh, Cam Champ. I I just think he's better than them. Like I would probably bet on Mito at even like a 4,000 number. What about you, Sean? What do you think about that? I was trying you're, to look you're through. You're a former Mito fan. Mito, yeah, former, for I think former Mito for one, supporter. For one week, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I was trying I'm to look through. 
through the bottom listing here just to see if there's any names that I knew. And Jonas Blix is down here for fit plus fifty thousand. Yeah. You know, reserve classic winner. I saw him way down there deep. It's uh, I think I think some of those people or some of those things is worthwhile to be honest with you, just because you have a little bit of thing. But uh, my yeah, there's my introduction to my dog, everybody. <laughs> Um, while she's doing this, you you continue and I'll give you that in a second. <laughs> yeah, for me, kind of a higher price guy that I like is Luke List, plus fifteen thousand. It's more just kind of the volatility of Luke List that you know he's long off the tee. He can be accurate sometimes. He's not accurate. Uh, putter isn't great. However, you know he's kind of listed here with. Nick Hardy, who hasn't been playing terrific on the Corn Ferry Tour, even though he got promoted, his didn't finish well. You know, Bo Hogue, Kyle Stanley, who might have a decent kind of look at putting some odds on. Peter Ewan, Lee Hodges, Dr. Edmund, Michael Thompson, Josh Creel. Like, you just look at the names here and someone who can pop off and really do well. I think Luke List is a guy for a flyer, for, throw a couple bucks on him and try to make a big profit off someone deep here. I think Luke List is a guy who, who could make a decent run in the tournament and pop off. He could also finish dead last. But, I mean, when you're betting this deep, you, you want that volatility. You want someone who could pop off like that. Any guys I you think, uh, uh, thinking about, Sean? Yeah, I think uh, there's, there's two that kind of stood out to me. I think Ryan Moore, uh, he's a name that kind of, He's at plus what? Plus 10,000 to win it. Um, plus 2,000 to go top five. And then, where was he? Plus 900 to go top 10. So, still not bad bets for top 10 or anything like that. Hey, Ryan Moore, I feel like his name was kind of thrown around there of, of kind of like the the lower end tournaments. He has had some really good play. If you do see him between the lines. Yeah, a little bit. So, I, Ryan Moore could be somebody that's there. And I also saw on the bottom here down. Towards the the bottom, um, you can never go wrong with Matt Kuchar, and I feel like, you know, sometimes, like Ryder Cup, he is a big kind of, uh, you know, he did like to or did play in these events a few times, and I think, and not that he was in any sort of consideration for the team this year, but I think it always makes you feel a little bit more of how you want to, uh, how you would want to be playing there, so it might make you play a little bit better. So, just a thought. On um, if you play that type of game towards Matt Kuchar, fifteen plus fifteen thousand, uh, plus three thousand, and then plus thirteen thousand respectively for the the winning top five and then top ten. So, I think those three guys uh, are 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 the ones that I'm looking for if I was going to put any sort of bets down. It would be interesting that if they hit. <laughs> Love it if they do, but uh, I, I will guess that's say why the yeah, odds are high. Before you get too far here, Ryan Moore did finish T2 in 2019 and T17 in 2018. So he has had good tournaments here and has played well here before. Though he did get cut in 2020. Um, might not be a terrible pick. I didn't realize that before going into this. For me, getting to some prop bets that I kind of like. Harold Varner, HV3, first round leader, plus 4,500. I feel like this is one of those tournaments you see it every now and then. HB3 pops off first round, shoots an eight under par. Like I feel like he he always 
you know, pops off with one crazy round throughout the year, and then we see him falter a little bit throughout the tournament. So him plus 4,500, I think, isn't a bad bet. And then Brendan Steele plus 350 for a top 20. That's going to be kind of my safe pick. Two-time winner here. I mean, plus 350 for the top 20. I'll take that all day. You know, place that in. We can kind of guarantee money back from none of the others. Yeah, I feel like with him. Well, with the end of our betting segment, we will get into the one and done brand new season here. Fresh slate of players back on the board. Sean, I'll let you have honors here again, since you just seem to love taking it. Who is your one-and-done pick of the week? Who's your first burn of the season? I am going to uh, go with Tony Finau's younger brother, uh, and that's Cam Champ. Uh, <laughs> I only say that because they're both Nike sponsors, and they played in the tournament. I, what was the tournament? The WGC. Zerich Classic. Oh, no. Yep, that one's the one. Good thing we have a golf podcast. Um, but yeah, they, they, that's why I call him Tony Finau's little brother, but hopefully he plays like Tony this week. Both the ball. On the ball. Yeah. So it'll be, that'll be fun to watch. Uh, but that's what I'm going to take. Interesting for me. This is a tough decision and I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to burn Mito right away and I'm going to play Mito this week. You know, I like him in DFS. I like his outright numbers. I might as well take him for one and done. Let's get our boy off the board. Well, we'll he'll win this week, so we'll use him again eventually. But we'll, we'll have our first Mito sighting, and then I'll have to worry about contemplating when I'm going to take him again. Um, but, yeah, Mito Pereira for me. But like I said, if anyone wants to join into our one and done contest, you can join us. Just send us a DMs in our social media sites, Instagram, Twitter, at Out of the Rough WK. Any final closing remarks for you, Sean? I will say, uh, just to for the record, uh, Nate has put in Mark Leishman for the one and done. Uh, we just got a <laughs> real time update. So, Breaking news. Um, yeah. We need to figure out a, a, a sound bite for that, although we're probably never going to get breaking news again. Um, but just to uh, just to include that one in in the podcast here, that uh, Nate is picking Mark, Mark Leishman here. Well, there you have it. Well, this has been a, another wonderful episode, another hopefully great start of the season for us. With Lenny and Sean this week on Out of the Rough. Like I said, go follow us on all our social media sites. Feel free to check out our We Know Fantasy. Check out all the rest of the stuff that's going on at the site. And enjoy the opening tournament of the week. Peace.